Okay, so we're back um, with episode, I think it's 78. I'm really bad <laughs> doing this, which is exciting because I'm like, maybe I could get to 100 and that could be cool. Um, so share with your people, share with your friends, take a screenshot, put it in your Insta story or whatever, and then people can come join us. Um, my kids are super loud with their Sega movie in the background. I apologize if you can hear Sonic <laughs> in the background. Um, but yeah, so we are just today, uh, going to talk a little bit about how you're not enough <laughs> in this, uh, facade that the world tells you that you are enough, um, is kind of crazy. And yeah, I'm just going to kind of ramble on that. So here we go. Welcome to the Holy Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Heather, and this is the podcast where we strive for holiness even when everything in the world and our personal lives can feel like it's a massive hot mess. From deep theological chats to simple practical advice, we talk about it all here, all in hopes that we can encourage each other to keep our eyes, hearts, and minds set on heaven. Okay, so I'm in this phenomenal Bible study group. We really haven't done much over the summer. <laughs> um, but we meet every Wednesday unless somebody's sick or whatever, and we'll go out to eat um, once a month and things like that. And it's dwindled down to these four or five women. And they've really become just like these spiritual sisters. That's been really cool because they all pray in different ways. They all are faithful to Catholicism because different facets of Catholicism brought them to it. Like, like the grandeur and the theology, the intellect drew me in. Right. And I love that. I love that. I know that this church was established by Jesus Christ and has remained unhinged from that lineage since Christ. Right. Like, like I love that, but then there's, and, and so I love the Latin mass and I love the tradition, all these things. But then there's a girl in the group who loves sitting and talking with Jesus, like sitting in there and having like saying things directly to Jesus. And I just never would have been even exposed to a prayer life like that. Had I not known this person, there's another, you know, woman who really is passionate about the fact that she wishes that masses went back to being like at kitchen tables like kind of how they were in the upper room, like right after Jesus passed, like things like that. And, um, it's just really cool. Anyways, this group of women is just wonderful. Well, one of them sends us this text message and she just, you could tell that she was just feeling like I'm turning 34. Do I have purpose in my life? Like, what do I do? I'm letting all these balls drop. Um, and I think this is a good reminder for all of us because I know that we all get to this point um, in our mundane day-to-day -day doing all the things where you feel like I have no balance in my life. Balance is a facade, by the way. You, you can't actually have balance. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Obviously, one thing is going to take priority over another thing at any given point in time. Like my dog is not my priority right now, but if the dog started choking on something, he would instantly become my priority. You know what I'm saying? Like balance is silly. You're not going to, you're not going to strike balance in life. What you can strike is peace though. Okay. 
So when you're struggling and feeling like I have no purpose, um, you know, I don't contribute to my family enough or I'm, you know, I dropped the ball on this and therefore my worth is defined by like these things I do. And that is when you have to stop and realize that you, that is the number one sign that you're living in this world and you're of this world. Okay. So we've got to detach ourselves a little bit and like get down to the nitty gritty and just say like, what is the actual purpose of my life of life? The actual purpose of my life is to get to heaven. That's it. The, the actual purpose is that there is a God who created me, created you, and wants nothing more than for you to live in eternity. Sorry, I had to take a little interruption because <laughs> I started hearing like banging at my front door and it's these two guys delivering FedEx stuff and my little side, side tangent. So I talked about doing CrossFit a while. I do CrossFit. I enjoy feeling empowered that I don't need no man to help me. Obviously I love my husband and I don't want to do life with anybody else, but I do enjoy when a grown man is like, you sure you got that big old chewy box? And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> like flip it up onto my shoulder and walk away like a boss. Just makes me feel good about myself. Um, <laughs> silly. Anyways. Okay. So we're talking about feeling our worth and understanding, um, that when we're allowing the world to tell us that if your house isn't clean enough, if your kids aren't quote unquote good enough or behaved well enough, if your dinners are not homemade enough, if you have toxins, if you don't, you know, if you're not toxin free in your home, if you're not, uh, making enough money, if you're not making any money, if you're whatever, insert whatever, that somehow you're not good enough. Okay. One in the eternal aspect, none of us are good enough. (laughs) That's the whole point of Jesus coming. You are literally not good enough to get to heaven without Jesus. And that's why Jesus had to come. Okay. Because we're humans and we're broken, right? So you're not enough. (laughs) But he makes you enough because he dwells within you as a baptized Christian. You therefore are enough because he is enough. That's, that's what you need to remember. And I always go back to this super moving experience I had in front of the blessed sacrament. If you don't know what that is, if you're not Catholic, um, Catholics believe truly fully that when consecrated hands, a priest's hands are, are laid and the, the words of consecration are made over normal bread and wine, that it is literally actually transformed into Christ's body and blood. And you can find all the miracles online. You can watch it bleed. You can see that every time it's tested, it's had the same type blood, it's cardiac tissue, it's under an immense amount of stress, but it is alive, right? So because of that, we don't worship Mary, we don't worship saints, 
we give honor to them because why? Like I talked about in, was it last episode with the mirror analogy? Because they were mirrors that reflected Christ's love. So we honor them because of what God did through them, not because of anything they did on their own. We honor them, right? But God himself becoming man and then God himself becoming this bread and wine, we put, we literally put this bread on a pedestal and we do worship this bread. We worship this bread because it is completely and fully God on the earth. Still, God said that he would never leave us alone and he didn't. He's in the tabernacle of every single Catholic church. You could, you know, every single time you drive by a Catholic church, Jesus is in there. He's in that tabernacle in the flesh, not just in there, meaning like his spirit dwells, like in the flesh he's in there. Okay. So benediction and adoration are times where a priest will come out. They, you know, you put this actual consecrated Eucharist, actual Jesus host in this beautiful golden monstrance. It's a, it's a beautiful vessel that has a little glass window on either side and you put Jesus in there and you can put it up on top of an altar and you adore it. You literally go in there and worship this. And there's adoration chapels. Our church, praise God, has a 24-hour adorational chapel, like 24-7. You can go in there anytime, day or night, put in the keypad, and go literally sit inches away from the God of the universe and just be there with him, right? So uh, Father Andrew Merrick, who is a priest at LSU, and he's phenomenal, um, his brother goes to my church, and so he was talked into coming giving a talk at our church. And one night he did benediction and adoration. Uh, he actually did adoration before every single one of his talks because he was like, I refuse to speak without the Lord present here with me. And uh, it was beautiful. So watching this priest, young, cool, kind of surfer dude sounding priest uh, in this fancy garb, you know, he's carrying this monstrance. He puts it up on the, on the altar And he gets down on his face, like flat on his tummy, face down on the ground and just adores God, right? Just moving in itself, prostrated in front of the Lord. Like if you didn't understand why people in the Old Testament prostrated, like just that moment of just like, I'm not even worthy to look upon my Lord. You know, it is beautiful. So he stands up and he reads us this I thirst meditation. I'm typing it. I thirst meditation by Mother Teresa. My internet is not working at all on my phone right now. Phone, computer. Like, got nothing. What is going on with this? Quit Safari. Um, Literally nothing will pop up when I type things in. Um, going to keep rambling until the internet works, I guess. So basically this I thirst meditation has been approved by the church. It's not theologically unsound or whatever, but mother Teresa wrote this in the form of Jesus writing a letter to you. Okay. I'm going to read you some of it because it's just so good. And it really defines your worth. Like when you can conceptualize the fact that God, because he loves you, not because he loves the whole world. Okay. You bring it down to the micro level because God loves you. 
so much, he decided he was going to lower himself to that of being a human. He was going to suffer like humans suffer. He got colds, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Did Jesus get colds? I'm making that up. But you know what I mean? Like he suffered. He suffered betrayal from his friends. He suffered people not believing him. He suffered being an outcast. He suffered hard work as a carpenter. You know what I mean? He, he suffered with us and he suffered with us because he wanted to take on human nature so that he then could redeem us. Okay. Not just us though, so that he could redeem you. So he literally willingly came into this earth, knowing all the suffering and torture he was going to have to endure. Why? Because he wants you to be with him in heaven for the rest of eternity. And if that moment is not enough for you to be like, oh man, I should maybe work on not making this a one-sided relationship. Like Christ is always pouring out, trying to have a relationship with us. And it's us who shields it, right? It's not that life isn't going to be hard. It's it, that that has nothing to do with your relationship with God. Okay. I mean, it does like there's redemptive suffering, but like it, that doesn't define your worth, your circumstances, anything like that. The only thing that defines your worth is the fact that God loves you so much that like your name was on his lips while he hung from the cross. Like, I don't know anybody else in my life who would like willingly like spend their entire life knowing all these horrible things were going to happen only because they desperately want a relationship with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of mind blowing. Um, I'm going to go get my phone because Google's be, uh, oh, my phone's right here. Google be tripping me out right now. It is not loading at all. Um, so I don't know when I read this, I thirst meditation, this is a really good one to take to the adoration chapel and just sit there and just go through line by line and like try to even wrap your mind around this because when God, Oh, there goes my, there goes my air fryer with my delicious rotisserie chicken that I shared on Instagram. Is it going to stop beeping? Okay. So, um, I'm distracted by the air fryer. Okay. So when anyone gets down on themselves about like not upholding some sort of arbitrary standards the world puts on you on what you need to be doing with your life and um, that you need to have purpose and blah, blah, blah. It's like you have a purpose. (laughs) Your purpose is to get to heaven. And your purpose is to bring as many people as you can along with you just by reflecting God's love. And you can't do that if you're not actively pursuing a relationship with him. Because when you actively pursue a relationship with Jesus, then everything gets put through the lens of that. Folding laundry is no longer a nuisance because I'm so in tune with my creator that I am thankful that I get to fold this laundry. I'm thankful that there's little humans that live in my home that get dirty and that do fun things, right? Then that when I make the next meal, it's not a burden 
in a new sense, it's a privilege and an honor, right? And I think I really am struggling with this perspective change right now. And it's because the root of it is that my free time is spent in the world. I'm on social media, I'm texting friends, and that's fine. But when it gets to the point where it's clouding your ability to see through that lens of Christ, I just so you guys know, my eye, my I have a circle up towards my eye. <laughs> like anybody can see me. So I think when I think when you can wipe away the fog of not being able to see your life through the lens of Christ and through what its actual purpose is, then yeah, all this trivial stuff feels so mundane and so worthless. And I'm not making a million dollars. I'm not a boss lady. I don't have all these podcast downloads. My house isn't perfectly clean. My house is not perfectly clean. Um, you know, my kids have disciplinary issues, whatever these things are, if you're not looking at your life through the lens of Christ, because you don't foster a relationship with Christ, then it's always going to be clouded by the world. Always. So me stepping back and realizing my worth in the fact that I am worthy because he says I am. And there's a time in my faith journey where I had to realize, um, like, okay, Jesus is either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord, right? He either knows he's not God and he's telling everybody he is and there, therefore he's a liar. He either says he's God, thinks he's God, but he's really not. So he's a lunatic or he's actually God. And when I realized like, okay, he's actually God. So if he's actually God, then what he says for my life, like is what I need to do. What he says is true. And whether I believe it or not yet is my problem, right? Or it's a heart problem. And, and so I have to allow myself the grace to dive in and understand why and how and, and intellectually and emotionally wrap my head around the fact that whatever God is saying of me, that's the truth. And, and I had this conversion when it came to social justice issues, when it came to or society issues. I had this when it came to the death penalty and to abortion and all these things. I had to wrap my mind around my beliefs may not be lining up with truth. And if God is truth, then I have to figure that out. And God says you are worthy. You got to figure out how to wrap your head around that. And the only way you're going to do that is by like allowing the graces of a relationship with Jesus to fall upon you. And if you're putting things up to block that grace from coming, then you need to go to confession, run to the confessional, like run. It is freeing. It is the, the, the graces that come from it are amazing. Go to the confessional, right? And then figure out who the one that says you are worthy is. Look into his life. Read about the saints. Figure out how he's moved in people's lives that are like you. People that struggled with the same things you do. And you will slowly but surely start to see life through the lens that says that you are worthy just because I desire you. 
That's why. And that is what is going to make everything else in life meaningful and purposeful. It makes the laundry, it makes picking up the dog poop in the backyard purposeful. I mean, it's crazy, but it does. Okay, so I'm going to read this meditation to you um, that Mother Teresa wrote. And I'm. it's a little long. I'm going to give you that warning. Um, and it's based on Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Okay, so this is the letter. It's beautiful. Print it out. Put it somewhere. Whatever. It is true. Now remember, this is Jesus talking to you. Close your eyes. Jesus is talking to you in this. It is true. I stand at the door of your heart day and night, even when you're not listening, even when you doubt it could be me. I'm there. I await even the smallest sign of your response, even the least whispered invitation that will allow me to enter. And I want you to know that whenever you invite me, I do come always without fail. Silent and unseen, I come, but with infinite power and love and bringing the many gifts of my spirit. I come with my mercy, with my desire to forgive and heal you, with love for you beyond your comprehension. A love every bit as great as the love I have received from the Father. I come longing to console you, to give you strength, to lift you up, to bind all your wounds. I bring you my light to dispel your darkness and all your doubts. I come with my power that I might carry you and all of your burdens with my grace to touch your heart and transform your life. My peace I give to still your soul. I know you through and through. I know everything about you. The very hairs on your head I have numbered. Nothing in your life is unimportant to me. I have followed you through the years. I have always loved you. Even in your wanderings, I know every one of your problems. I know your needs and your worries. And yes, I know all of your sins. But I tell you again that I love you. Not for what you have or haven't done. I love you for you. For the beauty and dignity my father gave you by creating you in his own image. It is a dignity you have often forgotten. A beauty you have tarnished by sin. But I love you as you are. And I've shed my blood to win you back. If you only ask me with faith, my grace will touch all that needs changing in your life, and I will give you the strength to free yourself from sin and all its destructive power. I know what is in your heart. I know the loneliness and all the hurts, the rejections, the judgment, the humiliations. I carried it all before you, and I carried it all for you so that you might share my strength and victory. I know especially your need for love, how you are thirsting to be loved and cherished, but how often... You have thirsted in vain by seeking that love selfishly, striving to fulfill the emptiness inside you with passing pleasure, with even greater emptiness of sin. Do you thirst for love? I will satisfy and fill you. Do you thirst to be cherished? I cherish you more than you can imagine, to the point of dying on a cross for you. I thirst for you. Yes, that's the only way to even begin to describe my love for you. I thirst for you. I thirst to love you and be loved by you. That's how precious you are for me. I thirst for you. Come to me and I will fill your heart and heal your wounds. I will make you a new creation, give you peace even in all your trials. I thirst for you. You must never doubt my mercy, my acceptance of you, my desire to forgive, 
my longing to bless you and live my life in you. I thirst for you. If you feel unimportant in the eyes of the world, that matters not at all. For me, there is not one any more important in the entire world than you. I thirst for you. Open to me. Come to me. Thirst for me. Give me your life and I will prove to you how important you are to my heart. Don't you realize that my father already has a perfect plan to transform your life beginning from this moment? Trust in me. Ask me every day to enter and take charge of your life and I will. I promise you before my father in heaven that I will work miracles in your life. Why would I do this? Because I thirst for you. All I ask is that you entrust yourself to me completely and I'll do the rest. Even now I behold the place my father has prepared for you in my kingdom. Remember that you are a pilgrim in this life on a journey home. Sin will never fully satisfy you or bring the peace you seek. All that you have sought outside me has only left you more empty. So do not cling to the things of this life. Above all, do not run from me when you fall. Come to me without delay. When you give me your sins, you give me the joy of being your savior, of saving you again and again. There is nothing I cannot forgive and heal. So come now and unburden your soul. No matter how far you may wander, no matter how often you forget me, no matter how many crosses you may bear in this life, there is one thing I want you to always remember, one thing that will never change. I thirst for you, just as you are. You don't need to change to believe in my love, for it will be your belief in my love that will change you. You forget me, and yet I'm seeking you every moment of the day, standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Do you find this hard to believe? Then look at the cross. Look at my heart that was pierced for you. Have you not understood my cross? Then listen again to the words I spoke there, for they tell you clearly why I endured this for you. I thirst. Yes, I thirst for you. As the rest of the psalm verse I was praying says of me, I looked for love, I found none. All of your life I have been looking for your love. I have never stopped seeking your love and to be loved by you. You have tried many other things in your search for happiness. Why not try opening your heart to me right now more than you ever have before? Whenever you do open the door to your heart, whenever you come close enough, you will hear me say to you again and again, not in mere human words, but in spirit, no matter what you have done, I love you for your own sake. Come to me with your misery and your sins, with your troubles and needs, and with all your longing to be loved. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Open to me, for I thirst for you. I mean, right? <laughs> that's it. But that's not it. Like, I almost teared up sometimes in there because if that doesn't just feel like, man, I'm so loved. So, like, how dare I say that my life isn't purposeful? How dare I say that I'm not worthy or that I don't do enough or that I'm not being enough? The only thing I know I'm not good enough at is loving him back as much as he loves me. And that's it. You know, so when you're feeling in those areas where like my worth is being defined by the world and the state of my home and the quality of my meals or whatever it is, stop and read that. <laughs> Just 
just type in I thirst meditation, Mother Teresa. I mean, it's just mind blowing, right? You are loved beyond all measure so much that I died for you. Right? That's crazy. It's crazy to wrap your mind around. So I've got no practical advice on that. Just that I think you need to, we need a you, we, me need a perspective change on this world and the demands of it and that your littleness and that just something as silly as like cleaning a toilet can have meaning if it's looked, it can have meaning in our own, through our own eyes, if it's looked through the lens of Christ, right? Um, but if we look at it through the lens of the world, it's foggy and it seems meaningless. It's not. Nothing you do is meaningless. As long as your eyes are on heaven. You know what I mean? So, until next time, friends. <laughs>